His grace and mercy in this time that we have been afforded this opportunity that we had to be in the house of Allah Ta'ala, to be in an environment of deen, to be in a gathering where we had so much of opportunities to be doing the right things and then constantly reminding ourselves of what our objectives are, what our direction is. All these various aspects have, alhamdulillah, to some extent, brought some consciousness within us, has made us conscious to a point that now, what direction we are supposed to be going in and continuing in. But in order to continue on this, to maintain this, to continue on it. That is the crucial issue. The aspect of istiqamat. Istiqamat is the greatest karamat. Al-istiqamatu fawqa alfi karamatin. That somebody can fly in the air, that is no great deal. That is not something, is, it's an achievement. That anybody undertakes certain exercises of some sorts, which nowadays this is something which is not a common thing. Previously it wasn't uncommon. So somebody undertakes some exercises even without piety, some things can be achieved of this nature. It's based on some exercises. That's no achievement. The real achievement is istiqamat. Inna alladheena qalu rabbuna Allah thumma istiqamu. Those who say rabbuna Allah, who have turned to Allah Ta'ala, and then then they remain steadfast on it. So now what is the way to remain steadfast on this? That is the crucial issue. So in this is that lesson that we have revised over and over again. And the four things that our Ali used to advise. That one is gunaho se muhafazat. Staying safe from sin. So that is the objective itself, that we've got to stay safe from sin. But to reach Allah Ta'ala, this is the first step. This is the greatest ibadat. Ittaqil maharim, takun abad nas Refrain from haram things, you'll become the greatest worshipper. So that is the first step. And then together with that, we discussed the second crucial issue, Asbabe gunah se muba'adat. The first is gunaho se muhafazat. Staying safe from sin. But in order to remain safe from sin, asbabe gunah se muba'adat. To remain far away from the means of sin. Which to some extent we discussed last night as well. But if a person is not going to remain far away from the means, then he's going to, it's going to be very difficult for him to save himself from the sin itself. Sooner or later he's going to get dragged in. It'll just be a matter of time. If he wants to stay far away from sin, he has to stay far away from the means of sin. 
So this was the second aspect. These things we have discussed several times and in different discussions. Then the third thing which is a requirement for the person to remain constant is zikrullah par mudawamat. Gunao se muhafazat, asbabe guna se muba'adat. The third thing is zikrullah par mudawamat. Constancy on the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. That a person has to remain daily completing his prescribed zikr and remaining in the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, keeping the zikr of Allah Ta'ala with him all the time. Without the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, the nourishment, spiritual nourishment of the heart will be missing. And then it's very difficult for a person to stop doing or refrain from things he's supposed to be far away from, to even do the things he's supposed to do. Salah time will come, person will be still negligent, careless, Azan will be gone, person will be still heedless. You'll see just now. And things will just carry on. Because that spiritual nourishment is missing. Like we discussed before Zohar, that a person is weak physically, he has a lot of good intentions. All those good intentions will be there. But he's weak spiritual, physically. So the intention that I want to go and help somebody, I want to go and do this and that, go and work, but he's so weak, he can't even walk out of, wake up from his bed. So all the good intentions are in his place. But for that work to get done, he needs that physical energy. He needs that strength. Without that strength, he can't make any move. So likewise, a person will have a lot of good spiritual intentions. I want to make all my salah with takbir I want to stay away from all sin. I want to do this, that and the other. All the good intentions, mashallah, excellent. When the time comes for the work, if that spiritual energy is missing, if that strength is not there, he'll just be like paralyzed. So this paralysis, sometimes people talk about Fajr time, like paralyzed. So often we need to check whether that spiritual energy is missing because of that we are far away from the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. So the essential zikr of Allah Ta'ala is the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. But then if you look into the Quran Sharif to the extent that which the zikr of Allah Ta'ala has been emphasized. Remember Allah Ta'ala excessively. There is no other command in the Quran Sharif any action to do which has come in with this word. Do it excessively. It comes to zikr excessively. One is the prescribed amount a person will keep within that limits what has been prescribed for him. But over and above that, the masnoon du'as, consciously a person is reciting at all the occasions. And every now and again he's keeping his tongue engaged in some durud sharif, some istighfar. Every now and again he's refreshing the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. And the biggest remembrance is, the biggest zikr is, together with all this, the zikr of crushing one's temptations, one's haram desires, for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. That is the zikr of a very high level. Because that is the essence of zikr. So zikrullah par mudawamad. 
اتلو ما اوحی الیک من الكتاب و اقیم الصلاة ان الصلاة تنہا عن الفحشاء والمنکر ولذکر اللہ اکبر اللہ تعالیٰ سیز اس Recite the Quran Sharif. Quran Sharif is also a major zikr. The greatest zikr. Tilawat of the Quran Sharif. So no day should pass without the tilawat of the Quran Sharif having been made. How much or how often it happens that we've read what not. But days have passed, we haven't touched the Quran Sharif. So one is that a person, mashallah, is reciting Surah Yasin in the morning. Alhamdulillah. He's reciting some other daily surahs, morning and evening surahs, excellent. But over and above that, there should be some portion of tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif in a manner that he is following the sequence from beginning to end. And it is the right of the Qur'an Sharif that a person makes at least two khatams in the year. So, the tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, then in this ayat Allah Ta'ala says that establish salah, establish salah, aqim is salah. Establishing salah, we've been discussing over the days of what is the importance of salah. A person, we have come for our islah, for our tazkiyah, this is what we're aspiring to. Without salah having come in order, we haven't gone anywhere in Islam. Everything else is just a dream and a wish. First aspect is salah. Salah comes right in the akhirat also. The first question is going to be about salah. Person, salah is in order. Saluhat sa'iru amalihi. وَإِذَا فَسَدَتْ فَسَدَتْ سَائِرُ عَمَلِهِ His salah is in order, everything else will be in order. His salah is lacking, the problem will be to a greater extent in everything else. And that is the link of things in dunya also. The person's salah is in order, his other amal will come in place. Sooner or later everything will come in place. But if his salah is not in order, then it's a very far off thing. So to bring that punctuality of salah, and then Allah Ta'ala says, وَلَذِكْرُ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ The greatest thing is the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. So in any case, the zikr daily without fail, this has to be done. So these were the first three things. That gunah was a muhafazat, staying safe from sin, asbaab gunah se muba'adat, and in that we mentioned the various things, those things which in itself might be permissible, but it has led a person to sin. And he must regard that in his, as far as he's concerned, for him that is a means of sin. Now if he has all the excuses of why he can't do without his phone, then he must walk around with fire and get burnt and blame himself. If he has already burnt himself with it, and now he insists that I can't do without it, then he's like, I got burnt with fire, but I have to carry fire around. I have to put that burning ember in my pocket. So then we are inviting trouble. So these two things, then the third thing was zikr par mudawamat. And the fourth very crucial thing, that nek logo ki musahabat, that keeping pious company, because the company will make a person or break a person. The whole issue is the issue of the heart. And the heart keeps changing. The heart is never constant. إِنَّمَا سُمِّيَ الْقَلْبُ قَلْبًا لِتَقَلُّبِهِ It says the heart has been called قَلْب. So قَلْب is called قَلْب لِتَقَلُّبِهِ Because it keeps changing. تَقَلُّب 
one condition after the other, like hal. We spoke about ahwal. So that's externally. The ahwal externally keep changing. That also comes from the same root. And qalb comes from taqallub also. Something that keeps changing. So this is so sensitive that it keeps changing. But it is deep down inside a person. So what is the thing that it affects it, that makes it keep changing? The direct highways to the heart are the eyes and the ears. Other aspects as well, but these are the main highways to the heart. Direct. What a person sees affects him. What a person hears affects him. Now the kind of company he keeps, that is what he's going to see. Those are the people he's going to see and what they do is what he's going to see. And what they say is what he's going to hear. So when he will keep righteous company, he will be seeing righteous people around him. And righteous people will be speaking things that are useful, that are constructive, that are righteous. So he'll be hearing righteous things. So when he's constantly looking at righteousness, he'll be seeing their actions. It's time for salah now. They are, forget waiting for azan, even before azan getting ready for salah. So how long he is going to ignore that? Sooner or later he's going to want to also do the same. He's going to see their actions. He's going to be seeing them. He's going to be hearing them. So that company, that group that he is associating with are righteous people, he is going to get inclined to righteousness. And if he is in company that is the opposite, that's the people he's going to be seeing. That is what he's going to hear. What they are doing is what he's going to be seeing. So somebody is sitting with his phone and looking at haram. He has no intention of that. But he's going to be in that company, he's going to get caught up in it. Somebody is smoking something. So those fumes are going to get him. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam gives the example of a good friend and a bad friend. A good friend and a bad friend. As the English saying normally goes, that a friend in need is a friend indeed. But the thing is that from a dini perspective, who is a friend indeed? Who is a friend in need? Otherwise, friends of all types. Once two people were walking, very close friends. They were going somewhere on a, wherever, through the jungle somewhere, forest. From the distance somewhere, they saw one bear coming. They realized now that bear has seen them, so it's coming for them. So it's still far off. There's one fellow quickly started opening his bag and taking out his running shoes. Now he's changing his shoes, he's putting his running shoes on. The other fellow told him, now what are you wasting your time putting your running shoes on? It's obvious, no matter how much we run, that bay, we can't outrun it. Sooner or later, it's going to catch us up. So he told him, who's going to try to outrun the bay? I only have to make sure I outrun you. If I outrun you, obviously, the bay is going to catch you first then. Then I'll be gone, because he's going to be busy with you. By that time, I'll have enough time to disappear. So that is what a good friend he was. That he took him and put him in the bear's mouth. So this is a kind of friend sometimes we have. But a person in his, in his foolishness, he fails to discern who is really his friend. So Nabi Islam is giving an example 
example of a good friend and a bad friend. That مثل جليس الصالح وجليس السوء كحامل المسك ونافخ الكير. There are two pictures being painted. One is the picture of a good friend. That he is like a person who is an ether seller, somebody who sells perfumes, ethers. And a bad friend is like an ironmonger. In those days there used to be these ironmongers, maybe even now in some places, where everything was done manually. So now a person wants to make something, some utensil, some sword, whatever. So he'd come to the ironmonger. So this person now would have to take that iron, and he'll have that furnace, that fire burning all the time. And he'll hold that iron in that fire till it's red hot. And then while it's red hot, he has to stamp it with a mallet quickly to shape it, whatever. So now this is his job, he's by that furnace all the time. So the good friend is like this ether seller. And the bad friend is like this iron monger. So then Nabi Islam expands it. Hamilul misk, imma ayyuhdiyak. The person who is this ether seller, either he is somebody as we will call him very proactive. That he will even take some ether and give you as a gift. So this good friend, he will be proactive sometimes. That he will actively invite you towards goodness, towards righteousness. No, you can't just waste your time now. Come on, it's Salah time, let's go. Oh, I'm going out in Jamaat, you're coming with me this weekend. Whatever righteousness, he will be inviting you actively. The talim is taking place in the masjid, now you're wasting your time outside, standing and talking and involving yourself in the panchad, be part of the talim, I'm going to sit, you have to sit. Now this person will actively invite you towards righteousness. As your friend, you'll feel obliged in some way to join him. Now he is a proactive person, he's giving you that ithar as a hadiya. Because he, a person who sells ithar all the time, he wants to give somebody hadiya, what he'll give? He'll give what he has. This person has ithar all the time. So this is a bit of a broad understanding of it, but on a more direct level, he'll give you what he has, this person will give you ithar, you go to a good friend, so he will have something good. Maybe he wants to give you some hadiyah, he's got some kitab, some good book he'll give you. He'll give you something that will become beneficial for you, at least in dunya, if not, it's a dini issue, it will be something useful, constructive. Because a good friend, he doesn't keep things that are harmful. And supposing this ithar seller doesn't give you any hadiyah, you will go, you will see something, normally it happens, a person goes to buy one thing. By the time he leaves, he's come back with ten things. So he went to buy one, why he came with ten? Because a person gets attracted to what he sees. Now he went to buy one thing, but he saw ten things. <laughs> he saw a dozen things, but now his heart got attracted to something, so he bought it. So now when the person comes to the ithar seller, He's not giving him any hadiyah, but he's seeing the ithar, the visitor, the friend is seeing the ithar, so he wants to buy. So he got attracted to something, but what he got attracted to? Something good. Fine, he bought ithar, mashallah. He will apply that ithar, the good fragrance of that ithar will freshen his mind. Mashallah, he'll apply it with the niyat of sunnat. So he bought a very good thing for himself, but he bought it where? He bought it in the right company. Because he went to visit somebody who was good, a good friend, so there he got attracted to something good. And supposing he doesn't buy it 
that person doesn't give him as a hadiya. But for the duration of time that he'll be in that place with that friend of his, that person carries ithar all the time. And he's applying it also, obviously. So the least is that for that duration of time, he will benefit from that good fragrance. And when he leaves also, his mind will still be freshened. So he didn't buy, he didn't take, but he still left with benefit. So likewise, a good friend, either he's proactive, he's actively inviting you. Or if he's not proactive in that sense, but he's doing righteous actions, you are going to be there, you're going to be seeing what he's doing, you're going to get inclined to some extent. So a good friend, no matter whether he says something or he's quiet or whatever the case is, you will benefit. But the bad friend, Nabi Islam says, this is an example of the ironmonger. One is the extreme situation. That he is a friend only in name. He's looking for ways and means to harm you. So he's causing that sparks to fly deliberately. To make some sparks fly at you. So that you also get burned. And why he's doing that? So that if something happens, at least he's got company in getting caught. It's unfortunately the reality. Many a times a person wants to do something haram, but he is looking for company to do it. So that if something happens, then the blame can get spread out. So now he comes in a very nice guise and entices the person. But his whole objective is that I mustn't get caught alone if I get caught. I must have company in the trouble. So this is the height of foolishness then that a person understands that somebody is taking me towards my destruction and he still regards him as my friend. So one is that extreme case. But Nabi Sallallahu says that if a person goes to this ironmonger, maybe he doesn't have any intention of harming you. But he is there with that furnace of his and those sparks do fly in any case. So though he doesn't want to harm you, but that spark flies and will fall on your clothing, as a result you get harmed, your clothing burns. Supposing that doesn't happen, he tells you, please sit on the side here, watch out, these sparks are flying. But you're sitting where? You're sitting in the company of all those fumes and that smoke. So whether you like it or not, your lungs are going to get choked. Because you're breathing those toxic fumes. So likewise, in the company of a person who is a bad friend, either that bad friend is doing such a thing that whether you like it or not, whether he wants to or not, you are also getting affected by it directly. Now he's looking at something haram. He's not telling you to look at haram. But you are there. So your eyes are going to fall on it. He didn't tell you to do it, but he burnt you also. And the least is that in that environment, because he's a person who's inclined towards evil, he's involved in evil. So even if he doesn't actively get you involved in something, being in that kind of environment is going to have a negative impact. Person is going to leave there with some negativity in his mind and heart on a dini line. He is going to become inclined to some haram, some sin. He is going to be seeing something, some material lying around of whatever nature. And he didn't touch it there, that person didn't show, it, show him anything. But if he's going to leave from there, that is going to be lurking in his heart. I must go get something like this also. 
So this is the crucial aspect of who a person befriends. Nabi Islam says, Al-Mar'u ala deeni khalilihi Falyanzur ahadukum mayyu khalil That a person follows the way of his friend. So beware of who you befriend. Don't make anybody and everybody your friend. You make just anybody the friend, it might become a, sometimes a major disaster. A disaster in deen, a disaster in dunya also. So the whole issue is the issue of the heart. And the heart is directly the direct roads to the heart are the eyes, the ears. What a person is seeing, what he's hearing. And the kind of environment he is in, the kind of company he keeps, this is all the time now registering through his eyes, through his ears. Because that's what he's going to see, that's what he's going to hear. So the kind of company he keeps, the kind of environment he keeps himself in, that environment is company, it's a kind of company. And sometimes the evil effects of the environment remain for ages. One is the Hadith Sharif that we discussed. The Nabi was on that journey. And by chance, we discussed the details that they made all the arrangements. Bilal radiallahu said, I will wake everybody up. It was late at night. Everybody was tired. So Nabi performed a few rakats of the Hajjud, and then everybody went to rest for a while. Bilal now said, I will watch, and as soon as dawn breaks, I'll wake everybody for Fajr. And he suddenly, in the last moment, went to just lean against that something, to just look at the horizon, that just now will be break of dawn, and I'll wake everybody up. And before he knew it, his eyes just closed, and he didn't realize what happened. Sleep overpowered him. And the first person to wake up was Rasulullah only, when the rays of the sun already came up. Allah Ta'ala made this happen so that the Ummah will learn that if this happens by chance, what is to be done? How does a person make the qaza? What is the procedure? But that Hadith Sharif, the very, the place to highlight in there is, that after that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam asked Bilal, what happened? He says, well, what do I do? This was totally unintentional. And Allah Ta'ala caused this sleep to overpower me. In any case, Nabi Islam said, everybody now move away from here. Move away from here. Why? Because this place has the effects of shaitan here. Whereas all the arrangements were made, this was no sin. Because this was something totally beyond anybody's control. And despite that, because that Fajr Salah got missed, Nabi Islam is saying, move away from here. The effects of shaitan are here. Now where some salah got missed by chance, Nabi Sallallahu then moved them further to another point. Then they stopped. Then he asked for the azan to be given, and iqamat, and they performed the qaza in jama'ah. The riwayat of Bukhari Sharif, Muslim Sharif, this whole detailed incident is there. But the lesson in this is that this place, Nabi Sallallahu said that, فَإِنَّ بِهَا أَثَرُ الشَّيْطَانَ وَكَمَا قَالُ the effects of shaitan are here. Move away from here. So where one salah got missed by chance, the effects of shaitan are there. Now where shaitan is being worshipped, so to say, where all the haram is taking place, what atharat and what effects of shaitan would be there? Nabi Islam didn't allow the sahaba to remain there. Move away from here. Namaz had to be made qaza, but they went further down and made it qaza. The effects of shaitan are here. 
So now where there's haram being played and haram happening and haram taking place and people are indulging in all kinds of evil and vice, what kind of evil effects of shaitan would be permeating that environment? And now a person is in that environment and he says, well, no, I just went to browse around. I just went to see what's going on. But a person can't go in an environment where there's toxic fumes all around and say that I came out fine. He's going to, his lungs are going to be all choked up with that. Whether he likes it or not. Whether he went to browse around or not. One person, used to often quote this, that in Germiston there was a very pious person, Hafiz Sallu very pious person, he was the Imam I think also. So one person came, that was probably a 40, 50 year old incident. So he came to him, and he said to him that, look, uh, I'm sending my daughter to England to study. And at the same time, he's telling him that, you know the environment in England and so on. So make dua that, you know, everything goes fine. She's not affected in any way. So now he's saying, please make dua. Now I'm sending my daughter to England to study. So now she's going alone to England to study. So Hafiz Sahib said to him that you're asking me to make dua that your daughter is going out in the rain. She mustn't get wet. She's going out in the rain, and I must make dua she doesn't get wet. So when, a, there's, when it's pouring, then a person with the umbrella and raincoat also gets wet. Then the moisture still gets him. The cold still affects him. So likewise, when a person is in that kind of environment, haram is taking place there, there's intermingling, there's music, and whatever else. And Allah forbid many a times in the name of deen, then there'll be all kinds of gatherings. Now when a person is in that environment, there's toxic fumes of evil. So when a person then returns from there, suddenly now his zikr is gone, his tilawat is gone. He says, well, everybody was going to the beach now at that time of the year now. It's a holiday, everybody has to be there now. So, well, I also went to see the Qudrat of Allah Ta'ala. But as a result... Now suddenly his namaz is gone, his tilawat is gone, his zikr is gone, his heart is all completely inclined towards evil. This is the effect of that environment. That environment has a direct effect on his heart. So, this environment is crucial. And therefore Nabi Islam is giving us this example. That beware where you go to, who you befriend. The friend who is a real friend in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam explains who is a real friend. Man dhakkarakum billahi ru'yatuhu. That the person who, when you see, you remember Allah Ta'ala. When you see the person, you remember Allah Ta'ala. What does this mean? <coughs> when you see a pious person, when you think of piety, you see a pious person then you feel inclined towards piety, so that is making you remember Allah Ta'ala, that I should also become somebody that's close to Allah Ta'ala. So that is a friend now, that when you see him, you think of goodness, you think of righteousness. Now, you go to a good friend, you also want to conduct yourself correctly, because now this person doesn't like all haywire things, so now you're watching your words. So now the fact that you're watching your words, this is reminding you of Allah Ta'ala. Because Allah Ta'ala doesn't like 
that a person speaks evil. This effect is the effect of the righteous company, the good environment. When he speaks, your knowledge increases. Correct, true knowledge increases. And your consciousness of akhirat comes in. That is a good friend. So we're talking about this effects of the environment that sometimes it lasts for ages also. And Nabi Sallallahu went to Tabuk. He had to pass through the ruins of Samud. This was en route. And now this destruction came on the people of Samud ages before that, centuries before. The last Nabi before Rasulullah was Isa Alayhi Salaam. And Isa Alayhi Salaam between him and Nabi Sallallahu was a span of 500 years. According to some 550 years. So this 500 years passed between Nabi Sallallahu and before him Isa Alayhi and Hazrat Salih Alayhi came even before. So how many centuries had passed? Long before he came. Now Nabi Sallallahu is on his way to Tabuk and they go to pass through these ruins of Samud. So some Sahaba were way ahead. So they had already come beforehand. Now in this place there were some wells that were still active. Because people used to travel through these places. So they used to keep drawing water and so on. So these wells were active. So now in those days water, wherever you find water that's, you don't pass by. You fill up all whatever you need. Because this is few and far between. So some immediately started using that water. Some even baked. They needed their dough with it to bake their bread. And some filled their containers with the water. By that time, Nabi Sallallahu came. And he saw what is going on. So he gave the order that all this water that you have collected from these wells, throw it away. This flour that has been already kneaded with that water of these wells, discard that as well. Just feed it to the animals maybe. And then Nabi Islam said, La tadkhulu masakin alladina walamu anfusahum illa antakunu baqeen ayyusibakum mithlu ma asabahum. Don't enter even the place of these people who have oppressed themselves. Riwayat of Bukhari Sharif. Don't even pass through the place. Forget, uh, station yourself there. Forget surround there to make merry. Don't even pass through, except that you are crying. Now, they had no option but to pass through. They are going somewhere ahead. And this is on the way now. So they had no option to pass. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi was saying, out of sheer necessity, you would pass through. Illa antakunu baqeen. Except that you are crying. Out of fear that what punishment came upon them must not come unto you. Now, when did this happen? When did they commit whatever they did? And when did the azab come on them? But that evil that had been committed and the effects of the azab that had come upon them, Nabi Islam is saying this is still in the air. So now out of necessity you have to go past, you go past in this manner, full of fear. Then Nabi Islam, who is the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, he is ma'asum, he has the divine protection of Allah Ta'ala. 
but to the extent that a person is close to Allah Ta'ala, to that extent he is fearful also. He is never casual. And a person who is far away, he is fearless. He says, well, everything carry on, don't worry. That is a sign of being distanced. When a person is concerned, he has fear, then this is a sign that he's getting closer. Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he's ma'asum, he's sinless. Allah Ta'ala's help is with him. But how does he now pass? ثُمَّ قَنَّعَ رَأْسَهُ وَأَسْرَعَ السَّيْرِ حَتَّى جَازَ الْوَادِيَ Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi took his shawl then and covered his head. He's mounted on his camel or horse, whatever it might have been. So he covered his head. He doesn't want to see also what's going on around here. And then he quickened the pace of his animal and quickly passed through this place so he's not there for any moment that is unnecessary. Now, Nabi Islam is passing through this environment where some azab came due to the evil that was committed here centuries ago. Nabi Islam is saying the effects are still around. Don't even use the water of this place. Don't even pass through this place. Many people, pious people, out of necessity they have to go to a bank, then sometimes you have to surround them, maybe there's something that you have to discuss with the manager or whoever. So this is a common story, they will come and offer something. They wouldn't even drink a sip of water in that place. That this place, commercial banks and wherever riba institutions are, see the wrath of Allah Ta'ala is raining down here. Even to drink this water here is dangerous for one's iman, for one's spiritual self. Because the environment is getting affected by what deeds are being done there. And in that duration that they are there, they would be engaged in istighfar. Out of sheer desperation and need, necessity, a person has to now sometimes go into such places. But he is not casual and uh, carefree about it. He is conscious that this is a place where the azab of Allah Ta'ala could come. This is a place where the wrath of Allah Ta'ala is descending. Because where riba is now, every other moment there's riba happening and riba transactions taking place. So what curse of Allah Ta'ala must be descending there? So they would be there with fear and leave with fear. And be making istighfar. And wouldn't even drink one sip of water in that place. So, Nabi Islam left this place in this manner. All this is highlighting what a crucial thing it is that what kind of environment a person keeps himself in. What, a, what kind of company he keeps himself in. So, a person who is serious about his Islam, he's serious about getting towards Allah Ta'ala, he's serious about maintaining whatever little has come in in the month of Ramadan, in the Atakaf, in as a result of the ibadat, as a result of the fasting, the tarawih salah, the tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif. So that consciousness that has developed, person who is serious about maintaining it, will be hyper-serious about where he spends his time, with who he spends his time, what kind of environments he goes to. The shopping malls and so on, are not places for pastime. Out of sheer need, a person has to go for some work there, He'll go with the quickest, with the greatest amount of speed that he can, with dignity. 
and with his gaze low, with his tongue engaged in istighfar, his heart filled with fear, he'll go and do his work and run out of there. Because this is no more just a place of trade. This has become a place that there's so many evils and so many harams that are taking place in those places all the time also. So now this is a place where there's concentrated sin. And in an environment of concentrated sin, Allah forbid, what can happen? Especially the holiday periods and so on, the beaches and all these kind of environments, and all kinds of whatever functions and entertainment kind of things happen, and sometimes, as we said, even in the name of Islam and Deen. But what goes on there? Often there's concentrated sin. And when there's concentrated sin, the person should be very, very afraid to be there. When something can happen. And if nothing happens physically, the heart will come out dead from there. And that is the biggest calamity. Because when some physical calamity comes, that immediately sometimes jolts a person. And he runs towards Allah Ta'ala. When a physical calamity comes, some loss, some monetary loss, some accident, Allah Ta'ala save us, protect us from all these things. But that sometimes jolts a person to come back to Allah Ta'ala. But when the heart dies, the person doesn't even know something happened. And he carries on like nothing happened. That money of his got stolen, now that brought him to start coming back to Allah Ta'ala. That illness came, it brought him to start making dua. So that too we should ask afiyat from. We should be begging Allah Ta'ala for afiyat from everything. We are too weak for any test. But this is the smaller test. That it brings a person often back to Allah Ta'ala. And here the person gets caught up in these kind of things, his heart spiritually dies. And he doesn't know what went on. And he's getting deeper and deeper into things. Getting further and further away from Allah Ta'ala. And he feels that everything is going fine. My business is booming even more. I'm enjoying life even more. I've got so many friends. They are ready to take me anywhere. They're paying the ticket for me also. So I'm getting a free ride. Free ride to where? Often Allah forbid it's a free ride to Jahannam. So to be very, very careful. Al-mar'u ala deeni khalilihi falyanzur ahadukum mayyu khalil. A person will follow the way of his friend. Follow the way of his companion. And companion is not restricted to human companionship. Companionship is even from things. What a person is reading is his companion. They say a book is a man's best friend. It could be his worst enemy also. Depending what book he's reading. If he's reading the right thing, it could be his best friend. And he's reading the wrong thing, it could be his worst enemy. What a person is looking at, that is his companion. What a person is reading. And the effects of the author come out of his writing. The effects of the author come through his writing. If the person is a fasiq, fajir, person is far away from deen, person is filled with vice and immorality. So when person is reading such a person's writing, the effects of that are going to come through. Person sits and reads one novel all night. Is his heart going to have any sense of spirituality left by the morning? Because the effects of all that 
of the author. Now he's writing fiction and writing all kinds of filth in there, all kinds of moral corruption in there. So reading that itself is a problem. And then the effects of the author will come if he had that kind of mind to write that kind of thing. So what kind of heart he has? He's writing morally corrupted things, though in a fictitious manner. So what kind of heart he has? So the effects of that heart of his is going to come through his writing. For a person to sit up and conjure all that, all those lurid scenes, so what kind of heart he's got? What is running through his heart? What kind of filth must be filled in that heart? That he can sit around and imagine all this. Just to either make money or whatever other motive. So now that effect is going to come through his writing. And the person reading it will get affected by it. And many a person comes and he says that suddenly my heart is closed. What are you reading by? Well, he says, well, not much now and then I read some novels in that. <clears throat> and whatever other kind of literature. So that is the root of it. That is a companion also. So this is a crucial aspect of who we keep company with, what kind of friends we have, which environments we go to. Person who is serious about his Islam, serious about reaching Allah Ta'ala, serious about maintaining whatever has been achieved, then this will be something he will give high priority to. Very high priority. And it's a little bit of mujahada. But when a person will make the little mujahada, Allah Ta'ala will open avenues for him where he won't even have any need of these things. It won't even cross his mind. And he'll be comfortable in whatever situation he is. Allah Ta'ala will open the way out for him for good, pious company. He just have to make that little mujahada to sacrifice that incorrect company. And then the akhirat, the way to akhirat is also made. Even dunya becomes a place of peace and happiness for him. Otherwise he's in just from one problem to the other. From one difficulty to the next. And he's in just this mental turmoil, trying to find that satisfaction somewhere. But it's nowhere else but Allah bi dhikrillahi tatma'innul qulub. That in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala, to the hearts get that peace. So in this Mubarak month, these lessons that, with the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala, with His grace and mercy, that we have discussed, we have learned, we have spoken about, these are not just things to be heard, or spoken, and then left behind and gone, but the purpose of this is that we bring these things into our life, bring it into our amal, we pass it on to others as well, and in this way, Inshallah, that effort that will be made slowly but surely, Allah Ta'ala will make it easy for us that we will be able to move constantly and steadfastly forward. That istiqamat requires some mujahada. Without mujahada, nothing is achieved. Even a small trivial thing of dunya also can't be achieved without mujahada. We want the everlasting akhirat. We want the love of Allah Ta'ala. We want these great things. We want ihsan. We want this consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. So when the small trivial things of dunya can't be acquired without mujahada, how will this be acquired without some mujahada? But when a person undertakes that mujahada for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure, then Allah Ta'ala makes it easy for him. Then in that mujahada also he gets a pleasure in that. That mujahada no more remains a burden. He gets a pleasure in that mujahada. Ibrahim bin Adham rahmatullah he used to say that inna ahla Allah Inna ahla lahwi fi laylihim Inna ahla layli fi laylihim Aladhu min ahli lahwi fi lahwihim 
that the people of the night, meaning those who are engaging their nights in tahajjud, in ibadat, he says, what are the people of lahu and entertainment and getting themselves involved in all other things, thinking that they're enjoying themselves? The people standing in tahajjud, outwardly that person is suffering. He left his warm bed on a cold night and he's standing, he went to make wuzu in cold water, he doesn't even have hot water. And he's standing in front of Allah Ta'ala. Somebody says, this poor fellow, what is suffering? But ask his heart. What drove him to leave that bed? If this was really a burden for him, for how long is going to maintain that burden? Initially, there's a mujahada. Initially, there's a mujahada. But then, inna ahla layli fi laylihim, the people of engaging in the ibadat of Allah at night, he says they are in greater enjoyment and pleasure than whatever entertainment somebody wants to have in the dunya. The people of dunya don't know what's enjoyment. They just got a just a deception. And in this deception, they are thinking they're enjoying something. Whereas they're just getting themselves in greater turmoil. So Allah Ta'ala has kept the door open for us. Allah Ta'ala has still given us some opportunity. We still have some life. Allah knows best how much. But while we still have this opportunity, while we are still breathing, we have to make the best of this time to get to Allah Ta'ala. And this little mujahada, the sacrificing of this few things, these little temptations, staying far away from guna, staying far away from the means of guna, keeping that constancy on zikr and mudawamat on zikr and the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala and being very, very careful about our company, about our environment. Inshallah, this will be the way that we will easily be able to continue moving forward. Allah Ta'ala, give me and all of us a tawfiq. وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهل ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان واحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعصيان وجعلنا من الراشدين ربنا لا تآخذنا إن نسينا أو أخطأنا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا إسرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به واعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين